0: Woo. Good morning. Good morning. It is a good morning. How do you transition, preach after that? That was a message in itself. God, you're so good. Literally, it was the message. So you guys can go home, enjoy your Sunday. But isn't that the message? That's the message of Jesus Christ right there. You can't make this stuff up. I love being part of a, a prophetic house because if you... I was coming up here, and I will still share it, this morning, I literally was in a vision, and I want to, I'll share it, and now that you understand why, Um, Jeremy just kind of took it, is that literally, I went into a vision, and I saw this huge wave coming over us this morning, and on top of the wave, which is amazing and simple, but it said hope, and I got all excited, but I got more excited for what I saw after, because I watched it hit the the seashore, and it came, and I watched the sands and the waters pull back, and there was gifts all over the front. But get this, this blows me away, because Jeremy doesn't know this, I I went, and I was watching people open up the boxes, and guess what was in every one of those boxes? A wedding ring. And the Lord says, I'm calling my people to another level of intimacy. So, dude, that's, that blows, I'm just wrecked. I'm just wrecked right now, because where do you go from that? Because... I think God's speaking. He, like, he's speaking, you guys. He wants all of us. He wants every part of us. And that's what, oh, man, sorry, I'm just wrecked. And those who are watching, just that so you know, when I say I'm getting a wreck, that just means God's, and the Spirit's in the room and on us, and it just kind of makes you get all, go, not confusion, because God doesn't bring confusion, but we're just kind of getting uh, messed up because God's big. Just for those who have it, God's big. So when he starts a- touching us, what do you expect is going to happen to our fragile human bodies? Come on. We get, a- we get impacted. Oh, man, God, you're so good. I just, thank you, Jesus. Just waiting because I'm just trying to, I don't want to miss what he's doing. Brennan and Sharon send their love. They're taking some. Time just to get rested before jumping into a busy season. So we just bless Brand and Sharon right now. I know they're watching, uh, Father and Mother of the House, those who have said yes way, way back and gave it all. And that's why we're here today, guys, in a community. Because they said yes, the big yes, and they counted the cost. Mm, God, you're good. You're so good. Oh, Jesus. Woof. God is, re, I, I just feel so strong that he's realigning the church. He's, he's kind of doing those uh, chiropractic adjustments. You know what I'm saying? But those are, sometimes they, they feel a little painful, but the results are amazing. And I feel like, like the, even the, the, the calling of another level of intimacy, it, it's the same thing as bringing us closer to him. Why? Because he has something for us to do. And he's, he's setting us, and it, for those who are willing to get adjusted, because adjustments take some adjustment and a process. But I'm telling you, this morning in prayer, I saw the Lord, we were, there was a song going on, and it was constantly we were about an open heaven, and we were touching heaven, and I saw a tuning fork come. And just like in the natural, you've got uh, like a piano. A lot of people go, oh, that, that piano's out of tune. I don't hear it, because I don't have that ear. Brent would pick it up right away. In other music, my wife would pick it up. I don't pick that stuff up. Doesn't mean it's not out of tune. But there's something about taking something serious, and that's why a real musician will be like, no, no, I need to tune my piano to the fullness. And it's, I feel like that's what God's speaking to us. He's like, He wants us to tune us to another, to just a little tighter, calling us to a little closer, a little, a little more, pulling into Him, which costs something. Pulling on those strings. Mm, Jesus, you're so good. Oh, I'm going to jump in here. Let's just pray for I just, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing this morning and have already done. Now, Lord, I pray that, I thank you that this isn't about a man or a woman. It's about you, Jesus. It's about the King of kings and Lord of lords. So I just invite your glory in this room right now. Lord, I thank you, Holy Spirit, going to move my middle child, Judah, came up to you just before I came in in here, and he says, Dad, the Holy Spirit's going to go upon the people today. He says, they're going to hit them. Jesus. They're going to hit them. That's his words. So, Lord, I just pray that you would hit us with your fullness, Lord God. Ignite us again, Lord God. Ignite our hearts. Ignite our hearts. Come on, this is a great and amazing time to be alive. I'm not going to stop saying that to the day I die, because that's a choice and a thought pattern. Because my mind is constantly being renewed in him and the king of kings just keeps on telling me it's a good day. Because the Lord has made it. Let us rejoice and be glad. Come on. So, we've had a a crazy season. But God's bringing us into victory. Wait a minute, we're already in victory. He's bringing us into understanding of the victory we already have. And the more and more we step into our place as children of the king... As the bride of Christ, we're gonna experience new and amazing things. I could, I'm gonna be teaching out of J- Judges six and, uh, and six and seven today, out of, out of the story of Gideon. But I want to start off right from the This isn't a, a, a teaching on the remnant. I'm not saying that's bad or anything. But the Lord spoke to me so strongly, and it's interesting. He gave me this message before Monday, before we found out who was our prime minister. I'll tell you why, because he, he's not too worried about that. He's not. He's actually more excited for the church to find out who they are because it's the only way Canada's going to change, as the bride becomes the bride, and we get our focus off of politics and this and corona and all this stuff, and we get back to what we were called to do as being children of the king, and as if we choose to step into that, as Will, uh, Will, the pastor Will says, we crown him and not coronavirus. And as we do that, we actually change from glory to glory. And God is looking, and I, uh, I tend to do this, so I give away my message before I start, but he's looking for a people, like we said, that are, are willing to be sold out, but he's looking for a people that actually see his heart. They're not just going, oh, it's just a few of us, we're doing good. Oh, it's just a, oh, just, let's be the bless me club. Let's, let's say, oh, we're the group that is fully going for Jesus. That's awesome, but we need the bigger perception, the bigger picture. He wants to touch everybody. He loves the world. We got to get out of our box. We got we to realize that these walls aren't the church. You're the church. But not just a slogan. We got to realize it. Because 2 Peter 3, 8 to 9 says, that's 2 Peter 3, 8 to 9, but beloved do not forget this one thing that you the Lord, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Yeah, come well, how will they know if we don't do, tell them? Yeah, come, on. come on, how will how will they know? How will they know? How will our government know? That we love Jesus by bashing him? The Lord asked me the other day, he's like, What if what if Daniel would have, when he was told he's going to the Lion King, a Lion's den, said, Hey, you're you're a loser, King. You're nothing. I stood for you and went off on him. Oh, you're you're so pathetic. You don't love Jesus. Your ways suck. Do you think he would have ran there in the morning to see if Daniel was still there? Why? Be- Daniel had the king's heart. Because Daniel had the Lord's heart, because he focused. As we know, I'm not, Daniel looked out and prayed every morning. He stood in the gap, even though his people were persecuted. Even though he's the one being thrown in the, the lion's den. We don't know what persecution is. Just look at Daniel. But he loved. He loved. You guys, it breaks my heart. I don't know if you've seen it, it's I've been on Facebook and stuff. You're watching these people in Afghanistan, Christian martyrs. One I watch, literally the guy's about to get hung, and he is smiling and and blessing people as he's about to get killed for Jesus. If that doesn't change something in you, if that doesn't give you a different perspective, wake up. Wake up. Come on. He loves his bride, but he wants wants his bride to look like him. Come on. We're going to jump into... uh, and to judges here, starting chapter um, chapter six verse seven. Before I even get into it, we have to realize we're, this is about a battle, and 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 Gideon was, and his people were getting bothered by the Midianites. But we're in New Covenant, so I just want to realize, just want to say that right from now, that Jesus died on the cross, and guess what? We're on the other side. We've won. We've already won. Okay? I just want to state that right now, because it's very important as Christians, because then you can't be a victim. We have no excuse. We can't be a victim when we actually realize the battle's already won. you have not obeyed my voice. First of all, we gotta remember what God's done. Yeah, good. Just as you know, at Winsome, every class we do worship and then we always have testimony. Yeah, we learned this from Bethel. Because, well, it's just, we learned it from the Word. Testimony changes things. Yeah, we wanna see God do it again. Yeah. Yeah. To, we gotta stop getting into groups and complaining and telling about the latest propaganda and all that stuff, and actually just start saying, what did God do for you today? God is moving. Come on, I I talk to people in this church. There's amazing things happen. There's happening things, and God is touching lives and changing it. That's what we need to focus on. We need to find out what God is doing and not the devil, because it's distracting us. He gave the Israelites gold and silver when they came out of Egypt. God is in to blasting and blessing you guys. We have to get, that's exciting. But we need to obey. The last line says, but you have not obeyed my voice. So wake up call, if you're in a hard situation, maybe just check to make sure you're obeying. Oh, it's sometimes that simple. Or, where's your focus? Is it on the testimony of Jesus, or is it on the testimony of the devil? We have to be real, guys. It's a choice. Some people go, Kevin's pretty intense sometimes. Yes, because I want to see the bride awaken. And if you know me, I'm just as hard on myself. Why? Because I want to see change. I want to see change. The Lord told me, he said, tell the church to get out of the house. Get out of the house. Take it and do something. Come back and hang out and be together. But we need to actually do something. Just let you know you're in, a, you're in an apostolic community, which means you're going to get sent out at some point. That doesn't mean you leave the church or even leave the region. That just means you're going to leave these doors that actually affect the world for Jesus. That's why we hold a school. We are passionate about the school because we just want to equip people. Why? Because we don't want to just do it ourselves, to be honest. Because it won't work that way. We want to do it, but we want others to do it with us. We want to raise up powerful people because you are powerful people. You guys are. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Christ in you, guys. Not Christ in Brent and Kevin and other leaders. Yes, we, we do stop, but it's in everybody. We can't just signal it out. Don't put all the pressure. Don't put all the, the pressure all on the next generation either. It's a whole generation rising up. I love what Bill Prankard, if you were here, he went after the older generation. Your time is not done. We actually need you guys more than ever. And not just to be at home praying, but to be involved in the lives. Come on, if you can still move, you can still move. Judges 6, 12. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, Lord, is with you, you mighty man of valor. Oh, I love that right there. He called him what he is. We're a house that calls out the gold. Gideon at that moment was a feeling like you'll hear in the moment we'll know that it's not a mighty man of valor, but he is in the spirit. He is the way God sees him. Gideon said to him, O oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? Who's been crying out for that lately? I'm confused, Lord. This, all this stuff is happening. The churches were closed and all this stuff is happening. Hey, mighty valor church. Church, you're mighty in valor. I set you up for this time. Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this, mighty, in this might of yours. I just love this. God doesn't answer our foolish questions. That's what Gideon was doing. He was saying, well, you did it before. You did it before. What are you doing today? And God's like, I'm still doing it. You're just not watching it. And you have no idea. I love this. Tell yourself, you have no idea that God's about to use you so powerful? Come on. If you choose, and we'll go through this, if you choose, God will use you. He said to oh, him, O Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest, in monas- and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. God declared the truth over Gideon. Man, you need to speak the truth over those around you. And, and actually spend time with the Lord in intimacy to hear him speak truth over you. But I'll tell you, the church needs to start reading this again. They need to start reading this again. I, I, I love listening to a lot of different groups. And it is across the board right now that it's like heaven is declaring, read the Bible again. I'm telling you, it's more and more and more. We need to. Enough said on that. We have to be careful because... I know there's no real silly questions, but there sometimes is. That's why God didn't answer him. Because Gideon was actually asking a silly question because it came against the goodness of God. In our house, we have a core value that God is good. Well, what does that mean? Is he, he let's ever get away with sin and all, no, that's, that's not his goodness. I'm a parent. In my goodness, I'll discipline my kids. But in his goodness, he's looking after you and, your, and the best for you. And do we believe that? Do we really believe that he has the best for us in this time? And do you believe he is good in no matter what situation? No matter if you're getting pushed into a corner right now, that God is good because he's faithful. Mm. Matthew 28, 18 to 20 says... And Jesus came and, sp- and came and spoke to him. all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. It's interesting because Gideon just got sent. There's something about the go of the gospel. We're being called again. I believe it's a constant message. I think you can get up 10 years ago, 20 years ago and say the same thing. Why? Because it's never changed. You guys, he sent his son for us. He gave us the Holy Spirit for a reason. We need to get to know him and get excited. You guys, let's get passion in the church again. No, we do. I'm a passionate person, so, so it's easy for me, but I love it. And I don't care that people on Facebook say I'm crazy. I love it because we need to get passionate. I'm not ashamed of it. Why? How can I be ashamed of Jesus Christ who was up on that cross naked hanging there for me? And then he rose again and gave us the keys and got us all excited and said, go forth. Your Midianites need to get rid of them. Yeah, yeah. Come on. God is so good. We need to get excited for souls. We have to. That's what this is about. Change Canada, win souls. Change your city, win souls. Well, how, how's that going to work? Because they're going to get a renewed mind. And they're going to go and vote for people that actually are going the right direction. It's easy. It's not that hard. It's like basic economics. You get people to understand truth, because who's the spirit of truth? The Lord. We don't have enough truth going to the polls. I'm not trying to make this political, but we have to. I actually want to take it back to the church, because we're the powerful church. We're the bride. Why are we not dictating things? Whew. Back to judges here. Then he said to him, if now I have found favor, oh, this is verse uh, 17. Then he said to him, if now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that is you who talk with me. Do not depart from here, I pray, until I come to you and bring out my offering and set it before you. And he said, I will wait until you come back. So Gideon went and prepared a young goat, and unleavened bread from an ephah of flour. The meat he put in a basket, and he put the broth in a pot, and he brought them out to him under the terebinth tree and presented them. The angel of God said to him, take the meat and unleavened bread and laid them on the rock. And he poured out the broth, and he did so. Then the angel of the Lord put out the end of his staff that was in his hand. He touched the meat and unleavened bread, and fire rose out of the rock and consumed the meat and unleavened bread. We need to lay our lives down as an offering so his fire can come and consume us. But that costs something. That's a choice. It's going to consume you. Hebrews says he's a consuming fire. But it's a good fire, guys. Mm. And the angel Lord have departed out of his sight. I love this about God. He'll do like a sign and a wonder. And then he'll just kind of like, boop. why? Because he wants you to go after him. It's a sign pointing to him. He's not the, uh, the sacrifice being burnt up. He was proven a point. God's good he wants to demonstrate his goodness he wants to demonstrate miracles he wants to see you have a supernatural breakthrough in your life he wants you to live so victorious he wants you to live a lifestyle of health that we get the world can't even understand but it takes the fire to do that the fire changes you. the renewed mind changes you this changes you it does Now Gideon perceived that he was an angel of the Lord, so Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. And the Lord said to him, Peace. I love that. Peace, guys. Declare over you guys peace to your soul, to your spirit. Come on, there's people so turmoiled right now. Shot or no shot is the end. Don't worry. Peace. Peace. Mm. Do not fear, you shall not die. So, Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it the Lord is peace. To this day, it's still an oprah of the something name, the Abazarites or something like that. I'm no good at that stuff. Um, We need to sometimes actually put up, I love what it says. It says he put up an altar. These are the testimonies, these are things you can go back and stand on, these are what your kids need to hear. How often have you sat down with your kids and told them what happened? Guess what? This is when God broke through for us when we couldn't do this, and God did this. Come on, I love it. You'd be surprised. Kids love to hear supernatural things. I put on in our in our house. If I put on Todd White going out and doing miracles, my kids all surround us because they're just hungry for it, hungry for it, and then they want us to do it, and then we do it. It's so fun, guys. Because testimony opens the door. Remember what God has done. We need to remember. And for those who have been through revivals and great moves of God, please release the testimony. We want to hear it. I love hearing about testimonies of how God just came in and moved. Because it just pushes us even further. And it's by His grace, guys that allows us to do this stuff. Oh man, Hebrews four sixteen says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help him in times of need. I'm telling you, back to what Jeremy said, it's that intimacy, the bride, we get to go before the throne, we get to come and be with him. That's what changes you. Some of us just need to slow down and actually take time and wait on the Lord. There's a whole season uh, about 15, 20 years ago. that was huge. Uh, it was something called we called soaking. That was just waiting on the Lord. I think it's going to come back. It may look different every season. But I think we've gotten too busy. Because I know it is. Because I hear the chatter and the talk about the fear and this. When you spend time with Jesus, fear doesn't stick on you. It falls off. we got to change our perspective. That the world is not dictating. When we come and encounter him and see him, death isn't even scary anymore. We need to experience Jesus. We gotta be at, le- I, I told the school, I better be careful this week. We gotta, we gotta get, stop worrying about the rapture and actually be raptured every day with Jesus. Experience heaven. Yeah. What are you waiting for? Experience it now. Because guess what? It changes you, and then you can bring others into an encounter with Jesus. Don't get caught up in a rapture that takes you away from doing your job. No, I'm going here. What are we thinking? Imagine if some people that weren't saved heard us talk sometimes about our end-time theology. I'm going to be careful here. But no, seriously. The church is all like, yeah, we're just going to get out of here. Everyone else can get tribulated and beat up and killed. They cannot do all this stuff. They're going to hell. Where is, what kind of thought pattern did Jesus talk like that? No. What would happen? We got to pray that he doesn't come back right now. For real, how many billions would go to hell right now? Why? I don't find that Jesus in the Bible. Instead, I see a love story about about the Father building connection from the moment it was lost in the garden and contending to make sure that the the people of his people could have reunion with him once again. And then he said, go out. He said, go and get the rest. Oh, it bothers me because we have to get an understanding that the end, Jesus didn't say, go and study the end. He said, Find me, follow me, make fishers of men, make disciples. He didn't actually say have conferences to figure out what the end looks like. For real, you guys. Because when you get to heaven or whatever ends up happening, you're not going to be able to argue with God and say, say You did it wrong, God. No, seriously, you guys. I don't understand. There's a scripture in the Bible that actually says that, that even the Son doesn't know. So, how do you know? No, for real, you guys. Some of this stuff is illogical, yeah. Yeah. but we just are so victimized. We just want to get out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <I'm> a... <sighs> oh. Okay. Whew. So we'll jump over here to Judges six twenty seven. Uh, so Gideon took ten men from among his servants and did as the Lord had said to him. But because he feared his father's household and the men of the city too much to do it by day, he did it by night. He's talking about uh, taking down the, the, the Baal and the Asherah the altar of Baal, verse 28. And when the men of the city arose in the morning. So what happens is, is that uh, Gideon and his men at night take down what? The falseness. They killed the bale. The, the, the worshipers. What, you guys, that's, that's the lies of the world. God is a jealous God. He wants you to take down. And how do you take down the bales of today? You worship the king, and you release the kingdom. You follow the Lord's Prayer. Heaven now on earth. That's the only way it's going to come, guys. You can run around, do all sorts of crazy warfare, but just bring the kingdom. Because you already have the arsenal. You guys, we have everything. We got the nukes. We got whatever it takes. But we have to realize it. Stop worrying about the enemy and get caught up in him. He loves to show you how small the devil is. He loves it. Actually, he doesn't even like talking about the devil, at least in my relationship with him. He'll get after me. I'll be in a meeting and people start talking about that. Like, Kevin, just just stay away from that. Because we can't get focused on that. we got to get focused on him. Because we have dominion. You have dominion. And when the men of the city arose early in the morning, there was the altar bale torn down, and the wooden images that was beside it was cut down, and the second bull was being offered on the altar which had been built. So they said to one another, who has done this thing? And when they had inquired and asked, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, has done this thing. Oh, man, that's a good thing. How come? You guys, you know what's cool? We're in group here, you might not know. But a, a little while ago, literally something that I, uh, I was actually in a prayer meeting with some pastors the other day in, in the city that had been here forever. And they'd been praying and praying. The strip club burnt down. It burnt down in Aldergrove here. They had been praying, I guess he said, from the early 80s, praying this thing out. And he took it out. Come on, get excited. It's good. Why not? Wouldn't that be fun? When you get to heaven, it's like, yeah, your prayer's Come on, you guys are powerful people. But Joash said to all who stood against him, no, then the men of the city said to Joash, bring out your son that he may die because he has torn down the altar of Baal and because he has cut down the wooden image that was beside it. But Joash said to all who stood against him, would you plead for Baal? Come on. Would you save him? Let the one who would plead for him be put to death by morning. If he is a god, let him plead for himself because his altar has been torn down. Therefore, on that day, he called them Jeroboam saying, let Baal plead against him because he was torn down his altar. Come on, we need some more uh, Elijah encounters. We got to rise up and believe. You guys know the story of Elijah, right? All the Baal worshippers are trying to call down fire at Mount Carmel, and then you've got Elijah, and boom, put water around it, soak it, pretty much mocking, and then they call out the fire god, and it comes and burns the whole thing up. God, oh, He likes it when we put ourselves in those situations. He does. This, when I hang out with him, He seems just to like to enjoy, to have fun. He likes it when we actually realize. That he's the one that will bring the fire. That he's the one that actually gets the glory. And that's the key. You want to see more miracles, make sure you're giving him the glory. And realize it's him working through us. Yes, he loves his people and he loves working on us, but he always loves the glory. He loves being glorified. Remember, why are we made? To love him freely with a free will. So when you freely choose to give all the glory to him, oh, heaven gets excited. He'll hang out with you more. No, he, he never leaves you nor forsakes you. Uh, we can't freak out when people get mad when revival comes. And what I mean by that is, you guys, some people might ridicule you because you're getting too fired up. Some of your family members might be like, what are you doing? You're, do, you're always at meetings and going out on the streets. and why do you, What are you doing? It's okay. You're allowed to look crazy. Because you shouldn't make sense to them until they see the love of Jesus in you. And they're going to join you. Guys, there's a big lie that people that we have as in the church that we're going to offend or hurt or people don't want what you have. I'm telling you, you carry the very thing that they desire since they were born. It was made for them to desire. we got to stop worrying about what they think and realize what he thinks. Come on, we don't want to. Hmm. Don't start fighting in battles that are, have no victory. There's no, nothing to win. Chris Walton said the other day, don't get into battles that have no reward. I think I mentioned the day, like literally, like Chris Walton said, David went and said, What's the reward to kill Goliath before he killed Goliath? Get off these battles on Facebook and, and Instagram and all that because you don't even know the person you're fighting. I love what Chris Walton says. There's a button called Purgatory. Beep, delete. No, social media wastes so much of our time. We get worked up. We get worked up for what reason? It's called distraction. That's the enemy's plan, not Jesus' plan. And guess what? It doesn't matter. They don't even know you. Because if they did, they can get a hold of you. And then you can get them saved because you love them so much. Come on. Judges 6.33, then the, then all the Midianites and Amalek. Amalekites, the people of the east, gathered together and they crossed over and camped in the valley of Jezreel. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. I love that. The Lord comes. Then he blew the trumpet and, and, the, and the, oh man, these names. Abzerites gathered behind him. And he sent messengers through all of Manasseh who also gathered behind him. He also sent messengers to Asher's, Zebulun, and Naphtali. And they came up to meet them. I love it. Who gathered them? It says the Spirit of the Lord came on Gideon. Then they blew the trumpet. We need to blow the trumpet, guys. You need to gather the people, gather like-minded people around you, because then the Spirit will bring the right ones. But it takes blowing the trumpet, because you can't just sit and go, "Oh God, I want some more friends." Lord, I got a word. That God, you were bringing me new people around me to help me go for it. And then you just sit in your house. Step out. Step out. Grab it. Get it. Get a hold of Willis. Get it into a life group. Better yet, talk to Willis about leading a life group. We need people to host life groups. Step out. For real, we're so overfilled. It's incredible. It's a good problem. I love good problems. Yeah. It's called community working. I love it. So then we got, everyone knows the story of Judges 636. We talk about all the times about the fleece. So Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand, and, and his, as you have said, look, I shall put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece only and it's dry on the ground, then I shall know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And it was so... And so it was. When he rose early the next morning, he squeezed the fleece together. He wrung the dew out of the fleece and the bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, I love this, do not be angry at me. But please, let me speak once more. Let me test, I pray, just one more. Guess what? I just felt the Lord say, Kevin, it's okay. Now, I'm not building a theology around fleeces. I don't think, I think it's about a relationship. But God is okay because when he calls you to greatness... He actually knows you really well, and he has no problem with you asking questions. And when, you, and when the vision's so big, because Gideon can't take these guys on. We already know that. Without God, he can't. So it's okay to say, God, I need to ask again. I know you showed up and burnt the, right in front of me, burnt up the, the sacrifice, and now you just made something happen to the fleece. But I'm still just being honest with you, Lord. I just don't understand. It's okay, guys. That's called the process of walking with Jesus. I love process. The church needs to, sometimes we need to just say, give yourself a break and walk out the process. Because you know what? He's a loving father. And he'll meet you where you're at. Because guess what? He already knew what was in Gideon's heart before Gideon asked. Because guess what? I have a feeling that God actually rather Gideon really know than him just trying to fake it till he makes it. Then Gideon said to God, do not be angry with me, but I, let me speak just once more. Let me test. I pray just once more with the fleece. Let me na, let it not be dry only on the fleece, but on the ground let there be dew. And God said, do so th- that night. It was dry on the fleece only, but there was dew on the, all over the ground. God's faithfulness is amazing. Yeah. He sticks with us in whatever questions we have. Wow. Oh, it's, uh, so now we're gonna jump to, uh, jump to Judges 7. Again, I don't wanna, I don't believe in building a theology around fleeces. I just want to hit that because some people are, test, test, test. Sometimes we just have to step out. But when the when the when the when God gives you such a vision for something so big, you know what? Get people around you. Some of those fleeces might be just getting counsel, get understanding, to make sure you're not just running into a battle that that was never supposed to be fought, right? Oh. Then Drubable, that is Gideon. And all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the well of Herod. And so the camp, so that camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of Marah in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel claim glory for itself against me. I love this. The the people who are with you are too many. It's crazy. God doesn't work in our logic. Because he knows he's God. Some of us just need to realize that he's God. He's God. He doesn't look, he's not, he's not you. He's God. He's bigger than everything. He's actually God. The Hebrews actually, if you study back in the original Hebrews in the Old Testament, they actually would sit around and discuss how great God was and how they couldn't even fully figure it out, which made him God. We don't have a God you can fully understand. That's what, We're going to have eternity, and we still won't understand. Because he's God. If you have a God you can fully understand, that sucks. Because we wouldn't need him. No, for real, he's bigger than that. He's eternal. Just let that sink in sometime. He's internal. He's not in a rush. Oh. The people who are with you are too many for me to give the nights into their hands. Let's Israel claim glory for itself, saying, Against me, saying, My own hands have saved me. Now, therefore, proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. And 22,000 of the people return and 10,000 remain. You know what I love about this? Is he didn't tell Gideon, go, Hey, tell all you suckers and the don't believe, go home. No, we just learned why he was doing it. He wasn't doing it to get rid of the people scared, he was doing it for his glory. He t- because if we, we have, if we have a mindset that he was he was removing them because they weren't good enough or more powerful enough or not a good soldier, then we then we'd be living in a lifestyle that well maybe maybe we're not qualified. No, he qualified them all. He's doing it for his glory in this situation. He wants to see his name. He wants to be. It says it. He wants no one to think it was the people. Oh, we need to rise up in that kind of faith. We need to get out of fear. Judges seven four to eight. But the Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. Oh, my goodness. Bring them down to the water, and I'll test them for, from, for you there. Then it will be that of whom I said to you, this one shall go with you, the same shall go with you. And whoever, whoever I say to you, this one shall not go with you, the same shall go, not go. So he brought the people down to the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, everyone who laps from the water with his tongue, and, a, and as a dog laps, you shall set apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink, And the number of those who lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, was 300 men, but all the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink water. Then the Lord said to Gideon, by the 300 men who lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand. Come on. 300? (laughs) Let all the other people go, every man into his place. So the people took provisions and their trumpets in their hands. Come on, the declaration. And he sent away all the rest of Israel, whom every man to his tent, and retained their Those 300 men, now the camp of Midian was below him in the valley. First of all, Gideon had to trust God's leading. Come on. We're all, get ready. God's going to ask you to do things. He's going to let you, like Peter, get out and say, hey, come. Okay, you come out on the water. That's never happened before, you guys. So Peter was stuck in a place going, okay, I'm going to trust. And then we beat him up because he fell. No, he stood up. He got out. God's stuff doesn't always look practical. Actually, it rarely looks practical. It's interesting, you got the people that were cupping, and there's tons of different the, uh, understanding and teachings. I don't want to get into that. But, it's, but one thing I do know is that they were ones that were, that were aware of their surroundings. We need to be aware of what's going on. We need to be in a place to be aware that, not just looking at the enemy, but be aware of where, where are we going. He wants us to drink, he wants us to get refreshed, but be aware of what's going on. We can't be those, oh, now I'm going to hit some of the, that, those crazy, unless you're called to, but some of those crazy charismatics that just, there's, you could tell they have no care in the world and they just want to be hit 24-7, ah, right? They have no idea, but then everyone's like, well, they don't do anything. And I, if God's calling to that, go for it. But I'm telling you that God wants an army that is aware of each other around and actually affecting things. We need to grow up. We got to move from just the bless me club and become the army of God. Whew! Okay, seven chapter seven of nine to fourteen. It happened on the same night that the Lord said to him, Arise, go down against the camp, for I've delivered it into your hands. But if you are afraid to go down, go down to the camp of Parath, your servant. I love this part. And you shall hear what they say, and afterwards your hands shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. God, oh, he'll strengthen you. God's not just sending you in and he's given us this. He says, Read this, it'll strengthen you. You scared right now, read this. Is there's verses in that Bible somewhere like Joshua says, What? Be strong and courageous over and over again. And afterwards, your hands shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. Then he went down to Pera, his servant to the outpost of the armed men who were with him and were in the camp. Now the Midianites and Amalekites, all the people of the east, were lay, lying in the valley as numerous as locusts. Remember, we have 300. They're locusts. And their camels were without number as the sand of the seashore in multitude. That's a lot of people, a lot of camels. And when Gideon had come, there was a man telling a dream to his companion. He said... I've had a dream, to my surprise. A loaf of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian. It came to to a tent and struck it so that it fell and overturned the tent and collapsed. Then his companion, companion answered and said, This is nothing else but the sword of Gideon and the son of Joash. You guys, the enemy's scared of you. He is so scared of you. Just like the Midianites. Dude, that doesn't even make sense. A loaf of bread came in your dream. There's 300 up there. We're, few, they we're numerous. Oh no, that's Gideon. You guys, we got to get that understanding that we aren't these little things. The church is strong. We're mighty. We have the King of Kings. We have the angel armies behind us. No, we have to. The, the, the devil knows, just by the way, he's been alive through this history. The devil's more scared of you knowing who you are. He is so scared of believers that find out their identity. He hates them. He hates them. I think I've shared this before. I, I, I've, I don't want to get into it too far, but I, people, some people that came out of the occult that I knew, like high-level occult, you know what they were most scared of? They said when a tongue-talking Christian showed up, they were scared and ran. They said they were full of fire. He goes, the other ones that don't believe, we don't care about them. We just curse them and do the stuff. You guys, wake up. They have the same Jesus, but one knows who they are. We can't get distracted. I'm telling you, Windward is coming to take out the Midianites. The body of Christ is coming. What? I had a dream, a loaf of bread. One all of Abbotsford in the lower mainland for Jesus and Langley. Oh, that must be those crazy Windward people. Right? Come on. This is nothing else but the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel, into his hand. God has delivered Midian and the whole camp. Come on, he has set us up for victory. If we have any doubt, read the word. Get with his presence. If we dare to listen, listen to him, we will realize that he is strengthening the church. But we have to listen. Verse 15, and so it was when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and his interpretation that he worshiped. Oh, I would worship too. He returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has delivered the camp of Midian into our hand. You guys, we need to arise and start trumpeting and getting our blasting and say it's time. Revival's here. The kingdom of God is here. Guess what? I was with Jesus today and he said we won. Come on. You know that it really doesn't take much to stir people up as believers. All this is getting focused back to Jesus. Isn't it crazy? The gospel is so simple. All our problems—it's really the answer—is Jesus. Yeah. Oh, that's just no. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. like Jeremy was saying. He's, when you say yes, it works. Yeah. Yeah. What's the worst thing? They take you out. Yeah. You're in glory. Yeah. Some of us need to actually again read about heaven here. You have nothing to be scared of. And then Lord say, Lord, open my eyes. I want to encounter things today. Guess what? He wants you to encounter heaven now. He doesn't want you to wait. It's literally his message when he came. The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is here. Guess what? The kingdom of God is here. That's what Jesus told everywhere. Everywhere he went, he says, the kingdom of God is here. Now. Not, not, not when you die. Now. Yeah, it's good. Come yeah. on, <sighs> Okay. Where am I? Um, they rise, yeah, rise, for the Lord has delivered the Midian into your hand. Then he divided the 300 men into three companies, and he put a trumpet. Come on. That's declaration. To every man's hand with empty pitchers and torches inside the pitchers. And he said to them, look at me and do likewise. Watch, and when I come to the edge of the camp, as, I shall, as you shall do, as I do, when I blow the trumpet and, I, and all who are with me, then you will also blow the trumpets on every side of the whole camp. And they said, and the sword of the Lord of, and say the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Come on. Can I get some keys? Yeah. Oh, Perfect. You guys, the victory's won. The victory's won. Isn't it interesting that he brought up what he's declaring? He had some pictures. What are we? Earth oh, I got a verse for that. Um, Second Corinthians 4, 7. But we have the treasure in earthly ve- or, but we have this treasure as earthly vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. So hold on, we're clay. And guess what? Are we not what? Torches. Are not we? Do we not have the light in us? Come on, that's us getting broken it's a picture and then guess what happens when we lay our lives down when we break before jesus and we get wrecked by him we watch as the kingdom advances verse 19 so gideon and the hundred men were camping uh with him to the came to the outpost of the camp beginning of the middle watch just as the oh sorry What happened there? I'm reading the same. Oh yeah. Um, they posted the watch and they blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers that were in their hands. So then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers. They held the torches in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands for the blowing. And they cried, the sword of the Lord and, and of Gideon. And every man stood in his place all around the camp and the whole army ran and cried out and fled. When the 300 blew the trumpets, the Lord sent every man's sword against his companion, Which which is happening. So the enemy is fighting itself which tends to happen, throughout the whole camp. And the army fled to Beth-Esaia towards Zerath, and as far as the border of Abel and Malah by Tabith. And the men of Israel gathered together from Naphtali, Asher, and Almanas, and pursued the Midianites. They took the ground. They watched God bring the victory. And guess what they got? The spoils. They got to go after. We need to go after what is rightfully Jesus's. And I'm telling you, that's souls. We need to get hungry for souls again. We need to get hungry to see God get his reward. I'm telling you, we need just to fall in love again. It's the only way. We need to fall in love and realize what he did for us so that we can get wrecked for him and realize we need to go after him first And through intimacy, as your life gets changed, as the Word and the Spirit wash over you, as you get renewed, instead of just sitting on the ground soaking, you'll you'll be soaking and experiencing God. The next moment you're like, i got to get somebody saved. What if, what if those that went up to the upper room in Acts, the 120 went up to that room, and the fire of God came in tongues of fire, and they're like, hey, this is amazing. Let's just pray for each other. Bam, 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 oh, you're on the ground, let's get them back up. Oh, this was great, let's do it again, bam, 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 bam. Because it feels good, and it's not wrong. But guess what happened? They got the power of God, and they said, this has to touch others. We, when it's real, when it changes, you have to give it away. Come on, when you meet the King, and you know Jesus, it breaks you, and you want to share it to everyone you meet. Why? Because you're so broken and say, I don't know why you love me. But because you first loved me. Come on. we got to realize and stop being these super Christians that we, well, we deserve it. We're so good, we stay away from sin. No, we all deserve sin and death. We all deserve death. But he paid the, 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 the price. He loves us. Come on, just the simple verses John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And verse 17 is so crucial. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world. Whoa! That's just the truth that the church needs to realize. It did not come to condemn. You don't need to walk up to people and tell them they're sinners. You just need to introduce them to your friend. But the world through Him might be saved. Through him might be saved. Lord, we just think you guys want to stand. We're going to finish off here. I'm telling you what's going to change you. I'm not going to get into this too much, but Isaiah, everyone knows, a lot of people know Isaiah 6. Isaiah has an encounter with the king, like a literally prophetic encounter. And he experienced something so real, that he has to do something about it. It says, I'm just going to read this. So he's just been touched by God, he's seen the Father. He says, Who is me? Who am I undone? Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of the people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of Hosts. This is Isaiah 6, verse 5. Then the one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it. He's having an encounter, you guys. This morning, will you have an encounter with him? Will he touch you today? Would you allow him to touch you with his goodness? Would you allow him to touch you with his fire? Would you allow him to touch you with his grace today? And he touched my mouth with it, and he said, "Behold, this has touched my lips. Your iniquity is taken from me, and your sin is purged." I'm telling you, let him touch your mouth, let your mouth only speak of his goodness. And I heard the voice, of the Lord, saying, "Whom shall I send? Whom shall go with us?" And I pray this morning that we'd all cry out and say an answer like him. I will go. Here I am, send me. Lord, we are a people that say, here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. So, Lord, I just pray Lord, that, you would, uh, that we would be moldable. Lord, that you would allow us to continue to grow in you. And, Lord God, I pray for grace upon us as we walk through the process of being refined by the fire. Just like when I got married... I love Donna, but I, got to, I keep on getting to get to know her more and more all the time. Just like that, what was shared by Jeremy, that we, that we, as, we as we've married the, the king, that we'd get to know him more and more, that we wouldn't just become complacent over time, but instead we'd say, no, we want our love to grow. That we would celebrate, that we'd say, hey, do you want to meet my lover? Do you want to meet the one that means everything to me? Come on, guys. God is changing us. He's bringing us from glory to glory. Lord, we just thank you in Jesus' name. Lord, I just, I'm just going to leave you with that. Lord, release your fire right now, Jesus. Just release your anointing in this room. Lord, I thank that you're touching us right now. Lord, I cry out like the disciples saying, grant us more boldness boldness in this hour to share the very gift you've given us. Lord, I just thank you right now that you're renewing us. That you're making us more and more like you. 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 you. you, Jesus.
1: I just, I feel like there's an invitation this morning. If you want to respond to this word, I feel it's a now word, and it's for all of us. God's just calling us deeper into consecration before him. And this morning during worship, I just saw the front here like an altar. And I feel like our lives are the sacrifice before the Lord. And so if you want to come this morning, we're going to invite the prayer ministry team to come forward. But I want you to come um, with your heart before the Lord. Guys, this is between you and God. And like Jeremy was saying earlier this is a day of marking and I just want to encourage you to come and and if you have ministry if you have something that specific you want prayer for I want you to come with anticipation for the breakthrough also for your life so come forward guys and the rest of you can be released to go this week guys let's go out there this is the time this is the send we're being sent out for such a time people are lost And they're looking for the love of Jesus, if it's a smile on your face, whatever it is, encounter people with the love of God like he has encountered you.